Welcome back in. It is Ben and Ebo in for Bill Michaels on the Bill Michaels Show. Bill, again, back at 7 o'clock tonight for the draft show. It's myself and Ebo taking you up until 2 o'clock. 3 o'clock in Milwaukee. We are on an hour delay there. I always forget that situation down there. Uh, Draft tonight. We were talking just now about Peter Schrager, him talking on the Pat McAfee show, the Packers needing, as he said, to trade up to number 13 to get one of the top wide receivers. Joining us now, Rob Reichel, Forbes.com, Conley Media. Rob, I don't know if you saw this spot, this little minute-long thing of Peter Schrager on the Pat McAfee show, but he said pretty much that in order to get one of the top receivers, which is – Chris Olave, Drake London, Jamison Williams, or Garrett Wilson. He said the Packers need to trade up to 13. I ask you, if you were in the war room and you were Brian Gutekinds, would you package, say, the two first-round picks to go up to get one of those guys? Well, Ben, I don't think you would buy, you know, if, if, if you look at the history of the NFL trade value chart, you, you would not have to give up two number ones to get up to about 13. You could give up a one, you're, you're the, the number 22 pick, and probably 53. Uh, 22 and 59, you know, which you also have, probably puts you in that 16, 17 range. If you package the two number ones, Ben, just based on the history of those picks, you can get up to about seven or eight, which is where the Giants and, and the Falcons are sitting right now. I, I am in agreement with, with, with Schrager. These, and I wrote this today at Forbes, um, they're going to have to get into that 13-14 range. I, I kind of circled Baltimore as, as the probable team to potentially trade with, but Houston and, and Baltimore's at 14, Ben. Houston at 13 would be a really good trading partner as well. Now, now Houston doesn't have any wide receivers either, guys, but, again, they don't have much of anything. So uh, they, that, you would assume they would love to just get extra picks and, and, you know, it, it, they're a two-, three-year uh, rebuilding project, semi-mess down there with, with the Texans. So they could, be a, they could be a trading partner for you as well at, at 13. But, but Ben, you, you start to look at this thing from about 10 on, which is where I envision kind of the wide receivers that are going to fly. The, the Jets desperately need one at 10. Washington doesn't have much outside of McLaurin at 11. Minnesota's probably not going to trade you the pick at 12. They're not going to deal that pick inside the division, I wouldn't think. So then Houston makes some sense at 13 and Baltimore at 14. Baltimore's not great at wide receiver, guys, but they're not terrible. And, and then what really worries you if you're Brian Gutekunst and the Packers, guys, is that at 15 and 18 sit the Eagles, and at 16 and 19 sit the Saints, and both of those teams really need wide receivers as well. So you guys – you guys know this as well as anybody. From about 10 to 20, 10 to 19, you're going to see five, six wide receivers fly off the board. And if you're Green Bay and you really desperately need one of those guys like they do, you cannot sit back and afford uh, waiting for your number 22 pick overall to arrive. Because if that happens, guys, you're you know you're, you're kind of sitting there with the scraps and the leftovers in terms of the top wide receivers in this draft. So Rob, let me ask you, man, another way to possibly get higher up into the draft. And this is something that maybe has caught a little fire on social media. I want to know if you've, you know, you know, got a keen ear to it. We talked a little bit about it this morning on my show over the line, but Robbie, what about Jordan love and the Atlanta Falcons and the potential uh, pun intended love story there with the quarterback for the Packers? Sure, could could pick twenty two, and Jordan Love get you up to eight where Atlanta is? It, it absolutely could, I think, Evo. 
Um, I, 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 there are a number of NFL people, scouts, executives, that view Jordan Love as good, if not better, than any quarterback in this draft. I mean, this is a really weak quarterback draft. Um, you know, there's going to be one or two guys that sneak into the top ten because that's just the value of the position is going to dictate that a Carolina or somebody like that is going to reach. But but if you just rank these players one to a hundred based on what they've done and and put them on the board again, guys, regardless of position, just best player. You know, you'd probably put a Pickett in the 20 range, a Willis in the 25 range. You know, then you start talking about Corral and Howell. Those guys are probably in the in the mid to late 30s or mid to late 40s, somewhere like that. It is it is not a good draft, guys, for quarterback. So if, if you are a team out there that really needs one, why not take a chance on a, on a Jordan Love in this particular draft? I think he's got a higher grade in a lot of war rooms than any of these guys like Willis or Pickett or, you know, Corral or Howell or any of these guys. So, um, you know, what, again, Atlanta's a rebuilding organization. Um, they, they, they could obviously, you know, just go ahead with what they have in house and beef up some other positions. But if they believe in love and like love enough, and, and, and that's certainly like you mentioned, Evo, the hot rumor out there, uh, pick 22 and, and Jordan love should get you up to eight, which in theory guys, it's going to give you the number one receiver coming off the board. So if you had to give it, say, a percentage chance or handicap it like people in Vegas would, what do you think the odds are that Jordan Love does get traded tonight? Ooh. I think I, I, I think it's 60-40 guys that he does. Wow. Um, I've talked myself I, into I, it, Rob. I talked myself into yeah, him being traded. You know, and, 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 and here's why as much as anything. and They'll, they'll find their backup later in the draft. The value for Jordan Love today, guys, might be higher than it's ever going to be again. You're locked in the next two years, at least, you would think, and maybe longer with Aaron Rodgers. Jordan Love is not going to sit and patiently wait, guys, until, I mean, what would that be, 2024, let's say, at the earliest he's going to step on the field here. His people are going to start squawking and making some noise here at some point in time. He's going to want his shot, and, and well, he should. I mean, you, you guys know the last first-round quarterback that sat for three years was Aaron Rodgers. So, we're, you know, every quarterback since then taken in round one was a starter within his first two years. So, you know, what's going on in Green Bay with Jordan Love is certainly unique, and, and his people at some point in time are going to want to see him, uh, you know, get the keys to – to a franchise somewhere. The other thing that would worry me, guys, if I, if I am the Packers, is that the more and more tape of Jordan Love that gets out there, because let's be honest, the tape so far has not been real good. Uh, the more and more tape that gets out there, maybe the chances are you get less and less for him in terms of a return investment. So when you add it all up, guys, weak quarterback draft, uh, teams willing to take a chance on a project or, or a guy like Jordan Love who graded highly in their draft room, two years ago, and then the fact that love is still somewhat of a mystery. You know, two more years, guys, he's not going to be a mystery. We're going to know 100% if he can play or not play, and I don't think the odds right now suggest that he can play. Um, it might be the perfect time for the Packers to trade him because, like we mentioned, the 2023 draft is loaded at quarterback. I don't know enough yet, guys, about 2024, but by that point in time, they're going to have to make a decision on love, whether to pick up that fifth-year uh, option on his contract. So, you know, I've I've started to think about this a lot more, guys, in the last week or so, and, and, and I'm tending to believe that this is the right time to move them. Hey, maybe Graham Mertz in 2024. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> 
Boy, Ben, I don't know, man. <laughs> let, 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 let's wait till the fall on that one. Yeah, no, I know. We're in the heat of the offseason. Wishful it's, thinking. Right it's a uh, talk yourself into things, uh, April, for, J- we'll for go Jack Cohn first college football. In the, in Jack Cohn. Yeah. I love Jack Cohn. Yeah. Uh, so, Rob Reichel joining us, Forbes.com. He is on Twitter, at Rob Reichel. So, this is kind of a loaded question, but I want to ask you, if you were Brian Gutekinds, what would your ideal best-case scenario be for the first round tonight in terms of what you get from it and what would your worst-case end-of-the-world scenario be? Oh, great question. You know, the end-of-the-world scenario is going to be if he doesn't get one of these top four or five receivers, guys, because, I mean, let's be honest, they, they can't win the NFC and they cannot win championships with, with the current group of wide receivers they have. And then let's say they add a two or a three when this is all said and done, they they need to get a guy who by year two is a bona fide number one, and and even by January, guys is showing enough that that you believe you know uh, he's he's worthy of ten footballs a game and in a playoff game against you know the Cowboys or something like that. So to me, guys, the worst case scenario is is, is, is you don't get uh, you know a, a Garrett Wilson, you don't get a Drake London, you don't get a Chris Olave. I'm not quite as high on Traylon Burks. Uh, I don't know that he can help you as much in 2022. Uh, best case scenario, Ben, is is they work their way up to that 13-14 range. Uh, to me, maybe it's even eight if if, if they package a love um, in in a deal. But let's just let's just say they use a first and a second, and they swap picks there with Baltimore at 14, and Olave is on the board, and you get Olave. Then you come back and you get an offensive tackle, or maybe a defensive lineman or an edge rusher guys um later on with that with that 28th pick there's going to be a lot of high quality guys on the board and and, and there they can kind of trust their board a little bit more they're, they're in a panic desperation motor they're not going to let on that they are but but they really should be guys when it comes to the wide receiver position you know Cobb and Watkins are old Lazard can't run uh, Amari Rogers was a train wreck in, in year one. It, I mean, it's a bad, bad group of wide receivers. And if if, if they're going to find a way to catch Tampa Bay, they're going to find a way to catch the Rams. If if they're going to find a way to stay ahead of the 49ers, guys, they they need two receivers in the next two days that can help them immediately in 2022. And, and one that has a chance to become a one pretty darn quickly. To me, that's Olave. Um, I, I'd move up eight, nine, ten spots and, and make sure I could secure him. And then you let the board fall kind of how it does in, in round two, guys, and you get another wide receiver tomorrow. But to me, Benny, the best case scenario would be Olave at pick 13 or 14 and then let the board fall where, where it does and, and you add either an edge rusher, an offensive lineman, or a defensive lineman uh, with, that, with that 28th pick. I love that. I mean, I still think no matter what I say or what we all think, they're going to take Trevor Penning and Christian Watson and call them Packers <laughs> and just move forward with it. Um, and the world's going to explode, but they're going to move forward and be a good football team. What do you think about Jamison Williams? I, because of the health and because of the fact that I don't know if he could be a real contributor this year, I'm not really in for the Packers trading up to get him because you only have two years with Rodgers and you don't know if Williams, he'll be on the field in like November, but then you don't know how much he'll really contribute as you go into the playoffs this year. Yeah, and, and, and I talked about that a little bit with Evo this morning, Ben. Uh, I, I think by 2024, we're, we're talking about him as the best receiver in this draft. I really do. Maybe even as soon as next year. Um, but like you mentioned with Rodgers, you are in an absolute win-now mentality. Um, the, the window is remarkably short and, and small here. 
you've got to win this thing in 2022 or 2023, and and you can't use, you know, let's say they moved up guys. You, you can't move, use the 13th pick on a guy who's going to redshirt in 2022. If William if William somehow fell to them guys even at 22, I, I think it's a great pick for the future of the franchise. But it doesn't help you a great deal this particular year. And then you didn't get any ammo um, with with that particular pick to just again to chase the Rams to chase. Tom Brady, people like that. So I love the kid overall, Ben. I mean, he, he was going to be a top five pick before, you know, he got hurt in the national championship game. He's And, and you, you, you assume he's going to recover well because he's 21 years old and, and, he, and he has, you know, that, that side, you know, that part of it on his side, the age part of it. Um, and, I, and I think a couple years down the road, he's going to be an absolutely dynamic player in this league. But in terms of what Green Bay needs today, chasing a championship in 2022 and in 2023, I don't think he's the right guy. So Rob, let's say nightmare scenario for like the casual Packer fan. A lot of people obviously want to get a wide receiver first. Let's say the Packers go like defensive tackle, then an offensive lineman, uh, you know, right away. And they don't get that wide receiver looking forward, you know, to this offense coming up. I know we're talking about the win now mentality and philosophy because Aaron Rodgers only got a couple of years left. Um, the offense moving forward, though, with the guys they have right now, like maybe a second year of Amari Rodgers, we'll see what Sammy Watkins can bring, you know, Alan Lazard, uh, Randall Cobb, who can find the fountain of youth a little bit. If they do get a guy that's a second or a third day or second or third round, whatever, can the offense, how it's Matt LaFleur is running it, isn't it more of a run first philosophy moving forward for the Packers? Like, do you really need that? that dynamic wide receiver right away? I know you do, but like if they don't get it, can the offense sustain that with how they're gearing towards, you know, Aaron Jones, AJ Dillon instead? Well, Evo, I don't think they can score 30 plus points a game. Like they have a couple of times under Matt LaFleur. I I, I don't think they can be a top three or a top five offense in the league. I I think back to the late nineties guys when, when Brett Favre was, was losing receivers, you know, Sterling Sharp had a, a career-ending injury. Robert Brooks had one, and and they lined up in 1999 with with an Antonio Freeman who had gotten ridiculously heavy. They had paid him a ton of money, and he put on a ton of weight instead. Um, they lined up with <laughs> Billy Schrader. They lined up with Corey Bradford, uh, guys who should have been threes and fours in in other cities. They had to be twos in in Green Bay, and 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 their tight end was a a guy who was 30 pounds overweight named Tyrone Davis, who who wasn't a very good player. And and they struggled. I mean, they missed the playoffs in '99. Ray Rhodes got whacked. They missed the playoffs in Double O, and and it was the first Mike Sherman year, and and they were trending upward, but they were starting to add some pieces back to that wide receiver group, like Terry Glenn, and then a year or two later, Javon Walker. Um, Evo, it's really really hard to you know to, to keep up with the Chiefs and the Bills and the Rams and the Cowboys of the world. Um, without a dynamic playmaker outside. And and I think their ground game is going to be outstanding. I, I really do. I think they're going to lean heavily, way more heavily on, on the ground game and the defense this year to win football games than you've seen the majority of Aaron Rodgers' career. But, you know, but when it's all said and done, you've got to have a stud outside. Um, it, it, it's in today's football, guys, it's, it's really the only way to go. You need at least one of those guys. They don't have any of them right now. So, so Evo, I, I you know I, I I I like the mindset of of, of building from from the inside out, offensive line, defensive line, and and a lot of championship teams are formed that way. But but this group right now just doesn't have that difference maker outside that playmaker. And somewhere in the next you know twelve hours here that we're we're talking about ten to twelve hours, they've got to find one of those guys.
Okay, so uh, real quick, you know, the Darren Waller stuff was floating around out there. I don't know how much legs that had, but uh, any word on big Bob Tunyon? Like, is, is he going to be okay to start the season coming off that ACL injury? Have you heard anything on, on Tunyon? No, and, you know, we're going to start to get a lot more access back to the team now, guys, once once the draft is over. The locker rooms are going to be open again, uh, things like that. They've got they've got rookie camps and mini camps and stuff like that coming up. A lot of those a lot of those stories, and, 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 and believe me, we all want to chase them, uh, Evo. We're going to know a lot more about that. What I would say on Tunyon right now is, you know, just based on, you know, uh, what you saw play out last year with Bakhtiari and the knees and things like that, there's just no guarantee. And and that, that again, you know, we, we talk about the various positions of need, uh, obviously starting with wide out and then going O-line and, and defensive line. You know, tight end's got a rank in that top five undoubtedly as well because Tunyon's a – you know, Tunyon's in the final year of a deal. We don't know what you'll see there, you know, coming off the knee. I, I, I certainly don't think you'd see the 2020 level, uh, Evo, of, of productivity that you saw from, from Tunyon. If, if, you certainly can't count on it. If you get it, it's a remarkable blessing. But, but I would expect them somewhere probably in that third round range, guys, to, to take another tight end to pair here uh, with Tunyon and to kind of cover your bases in case he can't come back and be the kind of player that he was two seasons ago. All right, Rob Reichel, Forbes.com. Rob, appreciate the time. So when uh, if Jordan Love gets traded, say, tonight or tomorrow night, and the Packers take Jack Cohn in the seventh round, <laughs> will you join me in starting the clock on Aaron Rodgers' career? You know, I've made the mistake a couple of times of starting that clock already. <laughs> he just seems to keep smashing that alarm clock. I, 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 who knows? He, he could be around 10 years from now. He's, he's like Freddy Krueger. He's tough to kill. Hey, right. when, when are you going up to Green Bay, Rob? You heading up right now after this? Yeah, I'm going to go about 4 o'clock. They, you know, they don't open the thing up until about 6, Evo. So, um, you know, first pick won't be till 7 o'clock. So I got, I got a few hours left in, in, in case you guys have any more shows that, that you want me to come on. And, <laughs> hey, Ben's, and, and Ben's got another Chris one tonight from 6 to 7, but it's all Wisconsin. <laughs> well, we're talking Badgers. If you want to talk about Graham Mertz, then you are more than welcome. <laughs> Well, I, I, I do. Um, let's, we, let's do it in September, though, Ben. Yeah, yeah. We'll save it for the summer. All right, right on. Good appreciate stuff, Robbie. appreciate the time, Rob. All right, guys. Always fun. Have a the good stuff from there Robbie. There he is, Rob Reichel. I love Robbie. The great Rob Reichel. Um, interesting stuff on Jordan Love. And I really, I thought going in after Roger signed his deal, I thought Jordan Love, it made a lot of sense to trade him. I thought he would be a, a trade chip to get another pick or move up in the draft. But then as the draft is approached, part of this is the Packers don't leak anything, but we haven't really heard anything. And it's kind of been in the back of my mind about whether they would trade him 60, 40% chance. They do. That's that seems high to me. I've talked myself into the, I'm more than 60%. It happens, but Ben, there was a guy named Brett Hundley who was quarterback for the green Bay Packers. And there was a moment, you know, statistically not great. I'll tell you that much before that. <laughs> so that was his first start. Well, oh my God, it was that set football oh, back I, years. I remember, but in preseason, Brett Hundley was a preseason monster. He was an all-star. Like he was phenomenal. And there was talk that you could get even as high as a second round pick for Brett Hundley. Before you know, Rodgers got hurt, then he became a starter. The Packers didn't do anything with it. They sat on it, and now look what happened. I don't even think you could get like a deflated football for Brett Hundley at the time. So maybe they learned from the mistakes of, hey, we had a guy. Well, it's not the same level as Jordan Love, obviously. But we have a guy that we can get some value for. Maybe let's do it. Hmm. I mean, I would be statistically not. Great. I would be completely in favor. I say yes to any deal that that would come across. He's We're not going to play it for the Packers. No, 
Well, you would hope that he never yes. does. Um, Knock on wood. All right, we're going to talk about that when we come back. I also have the official over-under props yes. for all of the guys in the first round. Where are all of these guys, receivers, linemen, all that stuff, where are they going to go? That's coming up next. It is Ben and Ebo in for Bill Michaels. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is the Bill Michaels Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. couple segments left before we get out of here. Bill Michaels Draft Show, 7 o'clock on many of these same stations. Also available YouTube, Twitch, all that good stuff. Uh, just search the Bill Michaels Show. Kenny and Heilprin, myself, Zach Heilprin, sports director of The Zone. Hell of a Six show. Six to seven tonight. Hell of a show. We're, t- we're going to yell a little bit about NIL, uh, college football, and where Wisconsin is falling short with their NIL uh, strategies. I guess packages is the best way to put it, but money. They're not really doing uh, what they need to do. Money. In, in recruiting. Is that why Mark Emmert's stepping down? Because he can't make mo- as much money as he used to anymore because college kids now can no. make Mark money Emmert, name, image, likeness? Mark Emmert is a glorified PR guy that was the mouthpiece of all of the coaches. He never really had power. All the coaches just told him what to do, and then he took all the flack for it. But he th- flew around in a private jet. He had stylists. Oh, he made a lot he had of money. Stylists on his jets, barber. Highest, highest paid PR guy in the country, probably. So uh, him stepping, he's also part of that older generation of college football and college sports where, you know, things have changed. How likable is he? Uh, not at all. He, he's <laughs> one of the more universally disliked people. But the thing is, whoever takes over for him, we're going to hate them just as much. Yeah, I think Rob Manfred, when it comes to obvious, and this is saying the obvious, but Rob Manfred's public enemy number one for all people in positions of power for sports. Yeah. Uh, Dan Snyder's up there. Oh, terrible. Dan Snyder being. would be nine, my number one personally. He's a, he's worthless. Um, but anyway, NFL draft. So Rob Reichel, interesting stuff on a potential Jordan Love trade. I would be all in favor of it. He says there actually is more than a 50-50 chance it happens. We haven't heard anything about it, but, I mean, also, when you think about the Packers, they don't leak anything. So this also could be, yeah, it's in the works, but they don't leak a thing to the media. So it it would make sense for us not to hear about it. I am all in. Whatever you can get for him, hell, I would take a three. I would take anything (laughs) to get in the draft, help the team. There are are some quarterbacks here that could be – good backup quarterbacks like Jack Cohn. He, he could carry a really nice clipboard and be a good locker room. And what do we kind of compare him to like a Scott Tolzien? Well, uh, no, no, no. He's better than Scott Tolzien. No, I mean, the guy that can stay in the NFL for a long time is like a backup, you know, be serviceable, hold the clipboard, make his money. I'm not saying like skill set. I'm saying like a guy who can be long yeah. in the NFL. Maybe Scott Tolzien, but if he comes in a game, maybe can perform a little better. I called him and this is maybe a crazy comp, but I called him low ceiling Kirk Cousins. Uh, not near the talent level of Kirk Cousins, but when the pocket is clean, he is a really good quarterback. The ball goes where it needs to go. He can make every throw. Draft cliche. He can make every throw. But then as soon as there's pressure, it's a disaster. 
Well, I'm trying to think of all the times I've seen Jack Cohn escape the pocket and start running and using his legs. He had that one. Uh, against Michigan. Yeah. I, one of my favorite moments as a Wisconsin Badger follower. I think that call of the, you know. Captain Jack. Oh, I have I it saved somewhere. I think that's your ringtone, isn't it? I, it is not my ringtone, <laughs> um, but I have it saved somewhere. Yeah, Jack Cohn. I was, um, I know a lot of people were really excited, right, when Graham Mertz was coming in and obviously kind of pushed. Jack Cohen out, and now for me, anyways, Ben taking a step back. It's like, man, I kind of, I kind of miss Jack Cohen. I know, I know you do as well. Yeah, well, I was, I was first and foremost on that bandwagon as as that was all happening. Um, but draft props. So I mentioned this heading into the break. In the first round, I I have the freshly minted props of where the top players are going to go. Now, why is this noteworthy? Because the Packers of 22 and 28, guys they could be targeting, their over-under uh, is set right near where the Packers are, are picking, and that makes sense. Traylon Burks, Evo, over-under 23 and a half. So they think he should definitely be there. And this is just betting-wise, but sure, it, sure. it's an accurate representation of where these guys could go. They think Traylon Burks will be there at 22. So if a trade doesn't happen, there's your answer at receiver. They think George Karloftis, the uh, edge from Purdue, also 23 and a half. Both players I would be in favor. You, and you've pegged that for the Packers as well. Yeah, I'm a Karloftis guy. Yeah, same. Uh, people in Philly on radio are calling him George Papalopoulos. <laughs> uh, just I, There's something with some cities and being horrible at pronouncing names. Like the names just don't ring. George Papalopoulos. Yeah, George Papadopoulos. Sounds like a sounds like a weatherman. Well, it sounds like the guy from The Wire. It sounds yeah. like the Greek. Yeah. Oh, great show by the way. Great show. Phenomenal. Uh, yeah, there have been a lot of comps uh, between Karloftis and I forget the guy's name, but um, yeah. I got to rewatch it again. It's been a while since I've seen The Wire. Oh, I've seen it at Phenomenal. least at least three times. It's the only show when I sit down to watch it TV. And it's not sports. I just rewatched the Dude, when, when Omar starts coming. Oh, ooh, buddy. R.I.P. By the String way, yeah, R.I.P. String a bell. What a character. Um, draft props also has Zion Johnson, uh, interior offensive lineman, twenty four and a half. That could be a position. That it's not really a, a position of need for the Packers because they have Royce Newman there at right guard, and then Runyon, uh, who I think is a lock to start at left guard. But Zion Johnson could come in and and take Royce Newman's job at right guard. He's Really talented. That could also be a, if he starts, then you have another guard for depth. We saw what happened to the Packers line last year. So that could be an addition that could work. Then you go back to 28. This is what's interesting. Tyler Linderbaum, center from Iowa. Linderbaum. Oh, 28 and a half is the line right now and where he's picked. Hmm. I love him as a player. I don't want the Packers no, to get I mean, him. Yeah, it's not. But he is, he's a guy that was pinning some of the top other football recruits in the state in wrestling. Well, yeah, in Iowa, right? Like, I know Nelson would get behind that, but he is he is a freak. He came in, I, I think he came in as a defensive lineman. They moved him to the other side of the ball, and he's like a Jason Kelsey, where if he gets up to the second level, you're done. Dude, you get those wrestlers and put them in football like that, and they're just phenoms on the line. Re- wrestling is great for that. That's why Nelly, you know why Nelly loves it, because he's a wrestler. Yeah, he's a wrestler. Um, Short little powder keg. You also have Daxton Hill, safety for Michigan, 28 and a half, which is interesting. I, I would like it. it. He's a safety, but he could be more of a hybrid. He could defend the slot well. And the Packers need something there, too. I would not be in favor of Daxton Hill plus Karloftis, say, if a wide receiver is taken early or if it's ta- or if he's taken at 22. Now, Rob Reichel laid it out well. You might not need two first-round picks to move up to 13. Yeah. Could be a first and a two. 
I would still be against that. I'd rather get Traylon Burks at 22, but I could see the the thought process behind that. As long as you're not giving up that other first, then you could go Daxton Hill. Devontae Wyatt, defensive lineman from Georgia. He's 29 and a half. Uh, then a guy that I'm sure will break Packers fans' brains if they take him, Andrew Booth, cornerback from Clemson. <laughs> oh, if they take a cornerback, that are, they're 30 gonna, and a half. people are going to just riot. There. Pandemonium. Uh, yeah. You have Jahan Dotson, 30 and a half, who I would like as well. A lot of people have been naming him for the Packers. Boye Mafe, uh, edge from Minnesota. Now, I wouldn't love that. He's at 31 and a half. I wouldn't love it because he's a little bit more of a project. Uh, he has crazy pass rushing skill, but I think it's going to take a couple years for him to really find his own. Uh, we got a comment here. Uh, the Dream one two three four says, "I I love this name, Sauce Gardner." All name. S- there's some good names in the draft. Well, his name's Ahmad. Sa- Sauce Gardner going to be mid first going to the Saints. This cat says in here. Sa- there was a good discussion yesterday about the best and worst names in the draft. Um, the best being like Derek Stingley <laughs> sounds like a tremendous shutdown quarterback. We were about Sky Moore earlier. Sky Moore is a good one. Yep. Drake London, horrible name. You're not a Drake guy. I'm not a Drake guy. You, you don't start from the bottom now you're here, Benjamin? No. Drake Jackson, <laughs> like, also no. Uh, Trent McDuffie. McDuffie. Not a fan of that name. Sounds like a guy I go drinking with. Somebody that I would, that just sounds like a great edge rusher. Jermaine Johnson. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That works. Uh, who else? Trevor Penning was was more of an eh. Who is the, uh, who's the guy from Austria again that sounds like a pure Wisconsin guy? Oh, the tackle from Central Michigan. Yeah, what the hell's that guy's Bernard name? Bernard Raymond. Yeah, Bernard Raymond. That's he, a good he one. He looks like a Wisconsin guy. Yeah, yeah, that's a really good one. Uh, N'Kobe Dean just sounds like a, a shutdown inside <laughs> linebacker. Uh, the the mean Dean. There were some other the, the, there were some other really good ones that that I forget, but I'm yeah. just ready for the like the crazy stories to start coming out like. Like a Laramie Tunsil, you know, bong gas mask. I need, I need something like that. Or someone needs to Photoshop uh, Chris Olave on it. You know. Yeah, help the Packers out, man. Help them, help them drop in the draft for Push our, him down. selfishly for us. Uh, Kenny Pickett, horrible name. That small that just hands doesn't sound Where's like two a, gloves. I I have a bigger. Those are two like two gloves. Two gloves on each hand. Kenny, no, he has one glove on each hand. But yes, <laughs> two total gloves. <laughs> small hands. We're two gloves. I I have a a bigger hand than him. Yes, yes. So do I. We we did the measurables. Kenneth Walker, that's kind of a tough name. I'd rather be Kenny. True. Well, I know ben I would Kenny. rather because it's my name, but too. <laughs> yeah. So that's it. That's it. That's the all name draft. I um, love it. The draft. I just love the still. I love seeing the kids, you know, com- complete in a sense, their dream of like getting up there and see the emotion. And it's the only time you ever want to hug Roger Goodell. Yeah. I love when they go to dap him up and he just completely botches the dap. Oh yeah, so many times. No, are they? I think they're. Do- I mean, obviously it's in Las Vegas, but I think they're doing the little island out yeah. there in the lake. So if you get your names called, they're bringing them on boats. Yeah, you get a boat out there to hug Roger Goodell on like a little love island. Yeah, which I mean, again, the only time. Eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seven. Let's go back to the phones. Line one. You're on the Bill Michaels show. Who do we got? Uh, Mitch from Rice Lake. Mitch, what's, what's going up, on, man? Mitch? Um, I've been listening to you guys for like the last 45 minutes and I like the thought of Jordan Love and 22 pick for Atlanta's eighth pick and getting either Wilson or Olave at eight. 
And then at 28, go ahead and get George Pickens. Your wide receiver position is solved. So you like the the two darts at the board, if you will, instead of going one dart with the top one and then another guy on defense. So, Mitch, Mitch, I have to ask you a question, man. So, obviously, a lot of Packer fans want the wide receivers because they need it. Packers haven't done it since 2002 for a first-round pick. What are you going to do when the Packers don't take a wide receiver in the first round? I'm going to have to trust... Uh, <laughs> trust Goody? I'm going to have to trust Goody and... <laughs> say that he knows what he's doing but I wouldn't like to see it happen I think receiver is the number one need on this team right now and I think it's a difference between competing for a championship and uh, being just a regular playoff team at best yeah I'm with you I said this on Monday and I said it earlier today I I think while they need a receiver uh, that is undoubted they should get at least one impact guy from this class I still don't think they are a receiver necessarily away from a Super Bowl I just think they are a good Aaron Rodgers playoff run away from winning a Super Bowl. But to Mitch's point, just think if they get two wide receivers with that, you know, oof. Oh, it wouldn't hurt, but I don't know if it's the end-all, be-all. Um, plus, if if a receiver is not taken, you know how Aaron Rodgers does his couple fingers of, of uh, whiskey or yeah, whatever? Yeah, or tequila. Yeah, this is whoever's the biggest hands in the draft, It's gonna we're going to use those fingers. Mitch, you need to go find Brian Gutekunst's number ASAP and tell him your plan. I think it's going to – I like that. you got to find that number and call Goody right now. If I had the number, believe me, I would call it. <laughs> all right, man. Appreciate the Thanks, phone call. Mitch. Have a good one. Uh, all right, 877-867-1670. We're going to step away. couple segments left. What do you want to see the Packers do tonight in the draft? It's Ben and Ebo in for Bill Michaels. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is the Bill Michaels Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. All right, two segments left before we are gone. Bill Michaels show, Ben and Evo in for Bill. Uh, Brewers up one nothing still. Freddie Peralta's dealing, but uh, surprise. Score some runs. Stop me if you heard this before. The offense sucks. Hey, McCutcheon hit a home run on the first pitch of the game. And then... They're playing. I I need to double check who pitched for the pod or the Pirates today. The guy they had on the mound yesterday, like these the, people I've never heard of, and I, the Pirates. And I am a baseball crazy person. I I follow way too much baseball. Dude, like, you want to find no one you know? Go look at the Cincinnati Reds. Yeah. Oh, Jose Quintana's on the Pirates. Oh, he actually pitched really well. He's good. Yeah, Quintana's good. Um, there was but, a couple years ago the Brewers were in the mix for him actually. Yeah. Big spot here uh, for Kutch. Couple guys on, maybe some insurance runs, but hey. So as a Phillies fan, Ben, what was Kutch like for you guys? Uh, I know I mean, he had a, he had some dingers, but I don't think his average was quite there. Um, was great guy, first well, of, of all, clubhouse guy. Picked him up. He was hot. He tore his ACL. Took him a while to get back. Then COVID hit. So that was a weird season. Oh, he was yeah. never fully healthy physically, which affected his swing. And then, I mean, the the average was not there, but he walked a lot. He got on base, hit, hit a couple bombs. The team as a whole just I He's doing nice for the crew though. Such a disaster. I, nice. I, I love him. I mean he's he brings what the team doesn't have in consistency. Yeah. Like every day he will show up and you know what you're getting. It's not greatness, I've but it's okay. Liked, I've always liked him, man. Um good guy, McCutcheon. Hey, question for you. We got a a comment here on Twitch. Does Baker Mayfield get traded today? I mean we talk about Jordan Love potentially Ooh. getting traded. Does Baker get traded? Or are they gonna keep him around in case Deshaun Watson gets suspended by the NFL? 
Man. What a weird, what a crazy situation in Cleveland. The Baker thing is weird because at least in San Francisco, you know where you're at. You have, it, maybe Trey Lance is, is there and he's the guy. Or if not, it's Jimmy G. That's weird because Deshaun Watson showed up to offseason workouts and... It's not Mayfield. I'm pissed. Oh, well, Baker didn't show up, and then he was like, "Yeah, like I, I'm a lame duck here." Yeah. They, they told me stuff, and then they did the opposite. He wasn't happy. So, d- does he get traded tonight? I would say I, I don't think so. But so, do you think? Do you think he stays with the Browns? Do no. You think he's gonna be no? S- s- where? I think he's in Seattle. Seattle. Yeah. Who, yeah. Who's Drew Locke? Is that who they got there? Yeah. Who is Drew Locke? Is a disaster. That's I mean, no that team's me. a disaster. But yeah. no, I think he's out. I mean, maybe if anything, and Jordan Love and Baker Mayfield are definitely different, but if anything, the Packers could set this new quarterback trade market, right? Because you saw the Russell Wilson trade market, and then Matt Ryan goes and Carson Wentz goes, and they're all different scenarios, different ages, different contracts. But if the pack, it, the secondary quarterback wave of trades, if you will, mm-hmm. maybe the Packers could set that price. And by Sam trading Darnold's Jordan on Love. the outs, too, for... The yeah, Panthers. I don't know. Well, he's a he's a bum. But. Yeah, I don't know who's gonna gonna take Sam Darnold. It's interesting because we had the primary quarterback carousel. Yeah, we could easily have another one, especially because this class is just bad. I think the most interesting thing of the NFL coming up here is going to be you know out in the AFC with the Raiders and the Chiefs and the Broncos and the Chargers. That's going to be a wild division, dude. I am I am very excited to see who makes sure. They suck the most to get CJ Stroud next year <laughs> because next year's quarterback class is loaded. Yeah, it's nice. Bryce Young's a beast. CJ Stroud's really good. I uh, we'll see about the other ones, but there are there is that top end talent there. I'm interested to see because some of the teams picking up top like Detroit, like they're not all set at quarterback. Detroit could in theory take Malik Willis. Right, Houston could take a quarterback. Mm-hmm. The Jets, I, I guess they're in on Zach Wilson still. The Giants just didn't pick up. They're giving Daniel Jones this year. He's, see if he's the guy. I don't think he, he is. He stinks. Uh, but at the same time, they had a, a massive fraud at head coach and Joe Judge for a couple <laughs> years. So what's interesting to see is would the Lions say go in another year with Goff and know they're not going to win many games, try to take Willis and make him a, a starter and and make him a prospect? Or do they just go in with Goff and say, you know what, we're going to get Stroud next year. Let's suck. I think that's what they do with Goff. Yeah. I, and Goff is not, you know. Dan, I like Dan Campbell, too. Like, he's a motivator. He's a, a very intriguing coach. But it's the Lions. Yeah, they do have some talent. I would like to see Stroud throwing a Quintez Cephas in three years. Quintez, man, he's going to be good. Fun team. All right, final segment coming up. We're stepping away. Ben and Ebo in for Bill Michaels. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. All right, final segment on draft day. Um, I don't think we've touched on this at all, but Draft Day, the movie, I give massive thumbs down. It sucks. Whoa! Whoa! I threw this in here at 154. That's a Wisconsin player in there. That's the, I the don't coveted, like it. the coveted man. I don't like it at all. What was the thing about the birthday party? No one showed up to his birthday, <laughs> so so you can't draft him? I don't know. It's I don't, Wisconsin highlights in that movie. Kevin uh, Costner, baby. I, I, I'm not a fan of the movie. Um, it's not the Packers, greatest. Yeah, it's... 
Well, it's a little overrated because we need a movie like that. We just need it to be done better. I think that. it's on Netflix, so if you want to check it out. I, I will not be checking it out. Feel free. Uh, Packers tonight. Uh, Bill's back at 7, 7 to midnight, the Bill Michaels draft show. 6 to 7, the hour before that. I'm back here with Zach Heilprin. We're talking Badgers in the draft. Where are they going to go? Who's going to have the best career? Who who maybe is getting slept on a bit? Um, Entering, especially the weekend. None are going to be taken tonight, but who's being slept on right now? Uh, entering the draft, coming out of Wisconsin, and some NIL talk. But, Ebo, what is your final prediction of what the Packers do tonight when we come on the air or when people come on the air tomorrow? Who is a Green Bay Packer? Oh, man. Uh, all right, here's my here, – I've talked myself into it this morning. I wasn't really thinking about it. Um, and then I heard the news coming out and whatnot. I do think that Jordan Love is going to be traded to the Atlanta Falcons. So it'll be Love and what the, uh, what do we say, the 28th? Love and 28 for number eight? Wow. That is. Maybe. I don't we'll know see. why the Falcons would do that. but And then maybe they'll go up to get like a, a receiver we were talking about earlier, like a Chris Olave. But if they do stand pat, I could see the Packers doing something like they'll get an offensive lineman or maybe that, uh, what was I talking about, that Lewis, is it Scene? Out of, scene. Yeah, Baller. Uh, the safety. So I, I think Packer fans are going to be upset that they are not going to be getting a wide receiver in round one. So your prediction for tonight is chaos, not who is drafted, but Packers fans will be upset. Chaos. I wish there was a uh, player that his last name, I, I don't think it's going to be sexy, which I mean, that's unless like the Jordan love thing happens and stuff, then you'll see some sexiness. Yeah. But if that doesn't happen, you're going to, you're going to get like just unsexy. That's the Packers. Yeah. Um, Maybe one one day there will be a guy coming out whose last name is some kind of emotion that has to do with what fans feel after the Packers take a defensive lineman and a corner. But the Packers need to play like an emotional support, like liaison, like a guy that comes out and like fields questions. Because you know, Gudekunz is never going to get like step in front of fans and get screamed at. They need emotional support liaison, and he comes out and he says it's going to be okay. Aaron Rodgers. No, he'll be in Hawaii, like, you know, therapeutic vomiting because yeah. he'll get a wide receiver. Yeah, he'll know it'll be okay, but first he'll pull all the fans through some crazy dipsy do way to come back. Actually, it's not going to be therapeutic vomiting. It's just going to be vomiting because he didn't get a wide receiver. <laughs> what do you think happens, Ben? Um, I think by the end of tonight, Traylon Burks at 22 and George Karloftis are Packers. Or at least that nice. is what I would want them to do. Yeah. There are so many. I, it's always the case, but there's so many ways this could go. But Traylon Burks... George Karloftis feel like Packers, yet the most Packer thing ever, and I'll put it out there, Trevor Penning, offensive tackle from Northern Iowa at 22, Christian Watson, wide receiver from North Dakota State I like at that. 28. I like that. I like it too. I like that. They're I good. like that a lot. I like that guy, the receiver. Christian Watson. I like that. He was so physically dominant at North Dakota State that teams are wondering if he was too physically dominant, which is a hilarious problem to have. I know you didn't want to talk about it, say, but what is what is uh, Eagles? What happens? Oh, perpetual disappointment. <laughs> we sound like a Packers fan. No, they're they're going to trade up and get Thibodeau. Yeah. Uh, Thibodeau with an X. You got to have the X in there. Yeah. Uh, probably trade up to get Thibodeau, but they're in a similar situation. Maybe a receiver. They have two first-round picks, so maybe a trade. Yeah. It's going to be interesting. We will be here, 7 to midnight, talking about all of it as it unfolds. The Brewers, naturally, in a massive, massive jam, as, as uh, Freddie Peralta has exited the game, I cannot see exactly who is in the game because Boxberg. Brad Boxberg is in the game. The television is tiny. 
And uh, second and third oh, no. with uh, zero outs in the bottom of the seventh inning. Ground ball up the middle. The game is now tied. First and third. 1-1 oh, one, one game. Brewers probably on their way to another 2-1 to one loss. Hey, no. 2-1 to and one win. Who, what will we be more disappointed in tomorrow? The Brewers offense scoring one run on a leadoff homer and then doing nothing and losing 3-1 to one to the horrible Pirates. Or the Packers not taking a receiver. Well, both are kind of expected, Your isn't calls it? Oh, both are absolute <laughs> locks. Are you kidding? All right. Good stuff, Ben. Well done, buddy. That's going to do it for us. It's been fun. It's been fun. We will probably be back in this role some point during the summer. There are always those days always that, a pleasure. that come up. Uh, get the call from the bullpen. Bill, back at 7. I will be back here at 6. <laughs> come hang out with us later today. It's been a pleasure. See ya. The Bill Michael Show Podcast. Listen, rate, subscribe.